fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are godly virtues. Cultivating them in your life will make you a better person. Cultivating them in your life will give you a, a better life. It will, it, will, it will bring joy. It will bring peace. It will bring patience. It, it will bring all of these things. It will, it will make life better. And yet, and yet, we would have to admit that life is seldom fair. And far too often, we have seen selfish, unloving, unjoyful people who, who seem to get ahead, who seem to get away, impatient people who seem to get ahead and seem to get their way over those that might be cultivating these virtues. We even have phrases, we have little sayings every now and then. We say, no good deed goes unpunished, right? You're familiar with that? No good deed goes unpunished, and there's goodness. Good guys finish last, we say, and, and we, we're, we're very aware that this world can be a very unfair place. So how, how do we convince ourselves that we need these virtues in a very unfair world? I want to go back to Galatians 5 one more time. Galatians 5, verses 16-26. through 26. If you've got those Bibles in front of you, the blue Bibles, it's page 975. And I went ahead and printed that on the back of the song sheet because we had a little extra space on our song sheets today. But I want to go back to Paul's list as we wrap up this nine-month-long look at these fruit of the Spirit. You know, the reason, the reason Paul gave us the fruit of the Spirit, I believe the reason he gave us the fruit of the Spirit is because far too often it is too easy for us to take our eyes off the goal. It's too easy for us to get distracted. And when we take our eyes off the goal, we end up looking at other people. And we look at what they've got. We look at how far along they are and how much further along they are than us and, and how much better they might have it than we have it. Or, or, on the other hand, we might look at other people and say, well, at least I'm not that guy. <laughs> at least I don't have their problems. I may not be great, but I may not be perfect, but at least I'm not like that person over there. And when we take our eyes off of Christ, that's when we get in trouble. And so what's Paul's answer? Paul's answer is to give us the fruit of the Spirit and remind us to commit our character to Christ. And so we read, beginning in verse 16 of Galatians 5, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are, in, uh, these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And, and I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, 
there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. The fruit of the Spirit calls us to commit our character to Christ. That rather than rely on our own abilities, our own intelligence, maybe even our own cunning, but probably more, rea- more realistically, relying on our own failings, re- relying on our own weaknesses, rather than that, we would instead commit to following Jesus. This whole passage, including the fruit of the Spirit, that we've just invested nine months into, into looking at. This whole passage contains just one command. All those, all those verses, there's just one command. And the command is not, thou shalt love, thou shalt have joy, thou shalt have peace. It's not even a thou shalt not. It's not even thou shalt not envy, thou shalt not have jealousy, thou shalt not have fits of anger. There's only one command, and the command is found there in verse 16. The command is simply this, walk by the Spirit. That's it. That's the command. Walk by the Spirit. It's the command. It's a call to commit to following Jesus. Not to follow our own path, but to walk by the Spirit. To follow the path that Jesus has for you. And really, as as Paul lays it out, it couldn't be easier. And we need to remember that. This should be something that's easy for us to do. Because given the opportunity, we will complicate things. Given the chance, we will take something that is so simple and so clear in Scripture and we will complicate it and we will make it next to impossible for ourselves to follow it. So we take a command like this, walk by the Spirit, and what are we going to do? We're going to say, well, okay, but where? Uh, How am I going to walk by the Spirit? And we will sit down and we will puzzle over a a command like that and, and we will wonder about it and we will pray about it. We'll say, what? Where does the Lord want me to go? I mean, if I'm going to walk by the Spirit, am I, am I going to become a missionary? Am I, am I going to become a preacher? Am I going to sell all that I have and give to the poor and then come and follow Jesus? And we'll sit and we'll puzzle and we'll wonder, what does God want me to do? And that whole time when we're sitting and puzzling and wondering, do you know what we're not doing? We're not walking. <laughs> we're not living the life that, that He's called us to live. It's a call to walk, not a call to sit and puzzle and wonder. It's a call to walk. It's a call to action. Walk by the Spirit. Paul uses the same word in, in the next letter, in the letter to Ephesians, to the Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, which is an amazing chapter, we're going to spend a little time next year in, in Ephesians, Lord willing. We're going to be in Ephesians for a while. Ephesians 2 is an amazing chapter, and it's got some very important information in that chapter for you. Ephesians 2 verse 5 tells us that it is by grace that you have been saved. That's important. You have been saved by God's grace. Verse 9 tells you you have been saved by grace. It is not by works that you can boast. It's not something that you have done, that you have earned salvation. It is a gift from God. And then verse 10, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. By grace, God has saved you. By grace, God has built that road to heaven. Your job is to walk on it. Your job is to follow Jesus, to live the life that he's called you to live. 
And it's, it's not about some great purpose that's out there somewhere that you have to figure out. It's about who you are. It's about the character that you live by. The character that identifies who you belong to. Who you are following. Verse 16, he says, he says there in verse 16, but I say walk by the Spirit. And then what's the opposite of walking by the Spirit? He says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Does that sound familiar? You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Yeah, if you go down a little further, we have that list of the, of the works of the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry. The vast majority of these words are just about not getting along with other people, that you don't work and play well with other people. Uh, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and, and things like this. If you put, the, if you put yourself on that road you're not going to get where you need to go. That's not the road you need to take. You can't live like this and follow Jesus at the same time. And so the commitment to follow Jesus is just that. It's a commitment to follow. It's a commitment to, to follow Jesus. It's not a commitment to stand still. And so with that commitment to follow, we also need a desire within ourselves. We need a desire to grow. One of the things I hope we've seen as we've spent this year looking at the fruit of the Spirit. One thing I hope you've noticed is there's never a point in your life when you arrive. There's never a point in your life that you say, I've got enough love now, or I've got all the joy I can handle. Uh, there's never a point in your life where you say, well, you know, patience just isn't in season right now. This isn't a good season for patience. We're not going to grow any patience right now. Or you get to a point where you say, you know, I've got way too much self-control I'm going to have to give some of that away. I'm going to leave some self-control for some, someone else. You never get to that point where you've got plenty of it. And so Paul goes on, and, and after he gives us the fruit of the Spirit, look what he writes in verse 25. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also, here it is again, let us also walk by the Spirit. There's a continual progression in this passage. If you notice, look at the passage. I think you'll see it. Verse 16, he says, walk by the Spirit. Verse 18, he says, be led by the Spirit. Verse 22, he gives us the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 25, he says, live by the Spirit. And then he goes back one more time and says, walk by the Spirit. It comes full circle. Do you, do you see that? In other words, there's never a moment where you and I sit and say, we got it. We've got it all figured out. We're doing it all perfectly now. We're done. We win. Instead, he says, let us continue to walk by the Spirit. Let's keep walking. Let's keep moving. Let's keep following. You know, if you back up just a few verses, there's another reminder from, from Paul in verse 5. If you go back to Galatians 5, verse 5, Paul says, for through the Spirit, through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Not just that we wait, but we eagerly wait. You guys know what, you guys, do you guys, Blake, Blake, do you, do you know what, a, what happens a month from today? No? Today is November 25th. A month from today is December 25th. You know what that is? No, Blake doesn't know. Does anyone else know what December 25th is? It's Christmas. We are a month away from Christmas today. A month away from Christmas. Blake, can you believe it? A whole month. That's all we've got left. I mean, there's got to be kids, not Blake, obviously, but there's got to be other kids who are excited about that right now. I don't know. Isabel, are you excited about that? Yeah, Christmas is coming. 
You know, it's a month away. There's got to be kids who are not just, uh, not just waiting, but they are eagerly waiting. They are in anticipation that, that this is coming. And, and Paul says that's the anticipation that we live with as we wait for our hope. So, so how do we wait? What do we do while we wait? Look at verse 6, right after he tells us about the hope that we eagerly wait for. Verse 6, he says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision count for anything, but only faith working through love. Now, I want you to hear that for you, because chances are you didn't come here today wondering, I wonder what circumcision and uncircumcision counts for. That's probably not a big thing on your concern right now, and that's fine. That's not, that's not part of our society. That's not part of, of, of who we are. But look at what is there for you. He says nothing, none of that counts. He says the only thing that counts is faith working through love. What was it Bob reminded us of in, in his communion meditation? We love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The only thing that counts Paul says, is faith working through love. Isn't it interesting that when we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we begin with love. It starts with love. What does faith working through love eventually grow? What does it eventually become? The life you live, the way you love, that it's all about where it takes you. It takes you to joy. It takes you to peace. It takes you to patience. It takes you to kindness. And you keep growing these things. Paul says keep in step with the Spirit. It's always going to lead you deeper. It's always going to lead you closer, more and more like Jesus. That's what it means to commit your character to Jesus. To commit your character to Christ. To commit to following Him. It means growing more and more like Him in your character, in the way that you love other people. And one very important element to consider as you walk that path, one, one, very, one very important element you need to consider is you need to trust what Jesus is doing in you. I think Paul knew there's a great danger that we bring just because of who we are. There's a great danger in our nature. We have a bad habit of taking our eyes off the goal. We have a bad habit of taking our eyes off the goal. And when the goal is to be like Jesus, it's exceptionally dangerous to take our eyes off the goal. What are we going to look at instead if we're not looking at Jesus? Well, if I'm not looking at Jesus, I'm going to look at someone else. I'm going to look at who they are. I'm going to look at what they have. I'm going to look at, at, at the life that they're living and wonder why I don't have a uh, life just as good as theirs. Or I'm going to look at their life and I'm going to wonder, well, they're pretty messed up. In fact, they're a little bit more messed up than me, so I'm not nearly as bad as that person. And that sounds an awful lot like those works of the flesh, doesn't it? The fits of anger and the rivalries, the, the dissensions, the divisions, the envying and the jealousy. That's what happens when we take our eyes off Jesus. When we stop looking at His example. If we're going to stop looking at Jesus, all, we're got, all we've got left to do is to compare ourselves with other people and comparing ourselves with, with, with people around us. And then sooner or later, that leads to envy. That leads to jealousy. That leads to anger. And that is no way to live. And so Paul reminds us again in verse 26, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. In other words, let's stop comparing ourselves to others. And looking at how much better off we are than they are. That is conceit. 
Or let's stop looking at other people and looking at how much better they are than us. That is envy. That is jealousy. There's so many in our world that are just hopeless. So many people that, that just have no hope. It's like hope has disappeared. You know, you go back to, to verse 5 where, where Paul says, for through the Spirit by faith we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. And I think, I think the reason why hope disappears is people take their eyes off of hope. They, they cover up that hope and they, they look to something else. You take your eyes off it and you start looking at what the other guy's got. Uh, he might have more success or more happiness, a better job. Or you, you take it the other way and you say, well, I might be bad, but at least I'm not as bad as her. At least I'm not as bad as... The... I'm sorry, I'm not going to be pointing at you. Uh, at least I'm not as bad as those people. You know, I, I, I might not be perfect, but I'm not as bad as, as them. I'm looking pretty good in comparison. But Paul says that's not the point. That's not your hope. The other person is not your hope. That's not to be your focus. You instead are to walk by the Spirit. Commit your character to Christ. And you know, it's, it's at that point that I think you can move on to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 is born out of the commitment to, to commit our character to Christ. Galatians chapter 6 is born out of that commitment to grow the fruit of the Spirit. Paul says in Galatians 6.1, Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know what the law of Christ is, right? Jesus said, a new command I give you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. That's the command. That's the law of Christ. What we're reminded of today, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. The second one is like it because, because you, need, you, need a, some, you need to love someone else if you're going to love God. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And it's at this point that you, can, that you can focus on, when you're focused on your commitment, it's at this point that you can help others with theirs. It's at this point when the fruit of the Spirit is not just the produce of your life, but that the fruit of the Spirit nurtures other people. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit can, can nourish other people and to bless those people who are around you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are a lot of things in this world that can distract us from that. There are people that can distract us from the fruit of the Spirit. There are situations in our lives that can cause us to take our eyes off of Jesus. But it seems to me, if we're busy growing these qualities in our lives, we'll be too busy to look at anyone but Jesus. If we're busy growing these qualities in our lives, we'll be too busy to look at anyone except Jesus. That in a very real and tangible way, as we grow these qualities, we are keeping our eyes on Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then Paul says, against such things, there is no law. There is no law against any of those qualities. 
And what Paul, as a Jew, means by that is uh, it, it will not keep you from God. You cannot be separated from, from the love of God if these are growing in you. These will, in fact, draw you closer and closer to Him. These will never separate you from God. They will never separate you from your hope. In fact, they will keep you in step with His Spirit. They will keep you focused on His Son. And they will allow you to love others, to show kindness to others, just like Jesus. Because once, once they start growing in you, you're going to want to share those with other people. Let's stand together and pray. Father, it has been a long journey as we've examined the fruit of the Spirit this year. But Father, never, never let us forget. Even if, if a sermon series is done, the growing season is never done. So give us hearts that strive for these qualities that we've poured so much time into. Give us hearts that strive to see Your Son alive in us. Lord, each one of us knows what part of the fruit of the Spirit troubles us the most and convicts us the most. We know what we lack. And we know what's against us. But let us never forget that You are for us. You love us. You rejoice when we rejoice. You are patient with us. And we are here because You are kind to us. And we could go on and on. Remind us that when we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we are not looking at who we aren't. We're looking at who You are. Who You've shown Yourself to be and through Your grace, who You have been to us. So let us walk by Your Spirit. Let us keep in step with your heart. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.